you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. God is speaking some things that if we were not here, we wouldn't hear. Jesus says, you got to come to me and hear my sayings and then you got to do them. If you do, you'll have a solid life. If you don't, you won't. It's as easy as that. It's really, what's that word? Binary, ones and zeros. It's, it, it's got to be this or that. It, it's one way or the other. He's going to find you. He's going to get you, get you, get you, get you one way. Oh, okay. Jesus is saying, look, there's only two options here. Me or not me. Everything else is not me. Ooh. Can we say it together in faith? Go. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. If you are here today, your life is poised to be changed. You, you can be changed, but it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee because you have the choice. You get to allow this or deny this. So I can sit there all stoic and be like, well, let's see what the man got. See what he got. Bring some preacher. It's a pretty reasonable beard you got, but we'll see. See what comes out of that mouth. You know, you have to open yourselves up to the word of God. And then the word starts changing you. Word starts doing some things. It starts doing the work that only the word can do. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It's sharper than the sharpest thing. Is what the Bible is intending to say. That's what, that was the meaning of it. We think two-edged sword, well, that'll cut you coming and going. <laughs> that'll get you twice, right? But I mean, like think, I don't know, think a laser, I don't know, nuclear blast, it's, it's, but it's precise though. Phenomenal cosmic power in itty-bitty space. You are with me. You get what I'm saying? But the Word of God does this, and it's the Bible, the Word of God. And Jesus said, I'm the Word. So really, it's Jesus, the great physician, the great surgeon, who's going to do some heart surgery on us. And who knows that we need some cancer cut off us sometimes. Or else the cancer just keeps on growing. Because that's what cancer does. It grows. And it spreads like a cancer. <laughs> we need some stuff cut off of us because like too much attention over here, too much distraction over here, too much not Jesus not enough Jesus. And so when we are coming together, even, even on a day like this, I'm just going to tell the truth to everybody who comes. Every Christian, every believer, every self-proclaimed follower of Jesus, I'm going to say, make sure you're following Jesus. Amen. Don't just say it, do it. Yeah, right. it's, it we're not in name only anythings. We are official, authorized, full-fledged disciples. And included in the word disciple is disciple maker. But that too is another message. Open to 2 Kings. 2 Kings is in the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. 
and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Who's Elijah with? Anyone? Shout it out. He's with Elisha, right? The guy that Elijah threw his mantle over when he was going and doing his job, right? He was plowing. He had all these different things, 12 yoke of oxen and all this, and he was plowing with one of them. And the man of God, the prophet, comes over and just throws his jacket on him and walks away. Ah, uh, I guess I just got hired into the ministry. <laughs> Elisha's like, what's happening? Anyway, so they burn that set. This is the thing. I looked at this. There's 11 more sets still going. His, his business kind of ran without him. He burned the one that he was plowing. He's like, I'm not going to need this, but all my 11 workers can still do their thing and provide for their households. He burned the one, had a party, right? Do, do you remember this? I think, I think sometimes think, he just burned it all. <laughs> now you burned the one set out of the 12 and then went on with the man of God. And Elisha became another one of the man, men of God. Let's watch this. The two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now, wait a second. What body of water is this? It's the Jordan. They crossed over the Jordan River, which is not uncommon in the Bible, <laughs> crossing over this Jordan. But they're crossing over to the other side. They're crossing over to the wilderness side. It's like they're going to the wilderness side. So Elijah, I wish I had a piece of cloth, but he smacks the waters and the waters, they go up on both sides like they did when they were coming out of Egypt. They're standing up in heaps. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. And not only that, but the ground is dry. Does any, any of your kids ever wet some things like some dirt and it becomes mud? And it's like, how long does that take to dry? Long time. Just ask our floors in our house. But the ground is dry. Separate miracles, it seems to me. I mean, the water standing up, that's, that's one. I don't know, you can count them as two because there's two walls of water. I don't want either one crashing down. That's two miracles. You know, no one's excited but me. All right. Then the ground is dry. That's the third miracle. We're, we're lousy with miracles already. God is doing something. Why they have to get over this other side of the Jordan for a specific purpose. And, and the power of God is manifest. He slaps that water. Boom. Waters go. It's dry ground. And now both of them get to the wilderness side. Say wilderness side. Wilderness side. I thought we were trying to get out of the wilderness. Into the promised land. We're talking about going over into the wilderness. Hold on. Hold on. But they go to the, the wilderness side, to the east. And so it was when they had crossed over, say crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask. And there's a whole backstory to this because Elijah was like trying to leave Elisha. And Elisha's like, no way, dude. I'm coming with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. I'm with you. I'm behind you. I'm looking to you. I honor you. Oh, we could do with more honor in our culture, couldn't we? Yeah. Amen. But see, Elisha got it. And Elijah was like, ah, this guy. I don't, you know what? I'll have people say it about me all day long. I don't care. Because you know why? I'm going to go with the man of God. I'm going I'm to go with what God is saying. All right. Ask already, Elisha, what can I do for you? Because he's bugging him. Before I'm taken away from you. Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Uh -huh. Oh, that seems bold, though, doesn't it? 
It seems bold for somebody to be like, you know what? Everything you got, I'm going to be twice as good as you. You what? Excuse me? You'd be lucky to be half as good as me. You know what I'm saying? Like in the flesh, don't we get that way sometimes? Like you're dreaming. You're dreaming. But look, Elisha was bold and he stayed around and he, and he took the abuse. It wasn't abuse, but you know what I'm saying? He took the, he said, ah, ask. It's the frustration. I want a double portion of your spirit. Uh-huh. Hey, you told me to ask. This is what I want. Yeah. See, Brian is like this. Brian's like, you know what I want? And he'll just ask God for it and then he'll get it. Yeah. And we'll be like, Brian, you're crazy. He's like, yeah, but I'm crazy with the thing I asked for, though. <laughs> So what are you going to do? Right. I'd rather be crazy with the thing I asked for, with the thing I need, than look insane to you and broke and without it and destitute. Amen. What about you? Would you rather have or not have? OK, well, that's what I'm trying to bring you. So hopefully you're taking notes. If you if, bring out your phones, take notes in your phones. Uh, write it down on a piece of paper on your journal. Do something today because today is the day. I sent this message out. Today is the day. I don't know if you ever thought there was a day before, but that wasn't it. This is it. I don't even know what next week's going to be, but it's only going to be, it's going to be predicated on this day. Okay? This is a crazy day. But we're going to be crazy having gotten the thing that God promised us not look insane to the world who's also broke and without and godless and helpless and hopeless. No, no, we, we're going to get there. Let a double portion, please, of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, even though it's so hard, if, say if, if. tell me God isn't waiting for us to participate before he steps into action. Yeah, no, he said, I got it all for you. If you, if you see me, say, if you see me, me. Elijah says, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. You're going to get what you want. But if not, say, if not, not. it shall not be so. Are the promises of God guaranteed just because you showed up to church today? No, No, they're not. You're, You're even in the building today. They're not guaranteed for you. I have to say it this way or else you'll leave thinking the same thing you think when you leave every other church you've ever been to. And every other church you leave. And every other church that you don't go and do the word after you get out of that message. I cannot abide this because I love you. Even if I haven't met you yet, I love you. This is love. (laughs) You're like, it don't sound like love. This is love. Trust me. This is love. If not, if you don't see me, if you don't do what I say, it shall not be so for you. You're not going to get anything from the Lord. That's what we're talking about. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire with horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. He gone. He gone. And Elisha saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen in this whirlwind, lands on the ground. He took that up and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Okay, so what side of the Jordan are they on right now? The east side, the wilderness side. That's right. 
East Side. <laughs> All right. West Side, Best Side. All right. That's what I'm talking about today. Promised Land is on the West. The wilderness is on the East. All right. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it. If you see it, you're going to get it. If you see it, you're going to get it. I want you to see it today. He also took out the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water. Now, where did he learn this trick? He learned it from watching Elijah, who just did it, that made the waters that were going like this. Well, they probably weren't going back and forth. They were going one way. And they stood up in a heap and a dry ground appeared. Why? Because Elijah smacked the waters in faith with his mantle. There's no magic in the mantle. There's no magic. It's just the power of God. Who believes that God is is real? Anyone in here believe that God is real? Show show me your hands if you believe that God is real. Because look, you may not believe. That's fine. I'm going to try to convince you. Who believes that God is powerful? Come on. But we have to not only believe that God is powerful for those guys, but we have to believe that God is still as powerful not diminished, and he's going to be powerful on my behalf. Who believes that God's going to work on your behalf in partnership with you? If you, then I. If you, then I. Don't worry about the I part. You worry about the you part. God is saying, I got this on my side. We got to talk about you. And what are you going to do? Because, you know, I only go to church on Mother's Day with my moms or with my wife or with, a, you know, somebody's dragging me to church because I got, well, I'm just going to go. And then I won't have to go for another year. And that'll be good. It's not good. It's not good. But I, but I send a message. Like, Even if they only come the one day today and they hear this message, it'll be enough. It'll be enough. I know what this message is. And I know that God will speak one word to people, change their whole life. You just got to have ears to hear. He strikes the water, says, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Because he's Elisha. And God's been doing all these miracles for Elijah. So he's like, well, let's see it. But bam. And guess what the waters do? Same thing. God is saying, I got you. I got this. Isn't that good? Elisha's not left alone just because Elijah got taken away. Elisha's got work to do now. Elisha's the the man. He's a new man. Elijah's gone. Now it's Elisha. It was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over the Jordan River back onto the west side, the promised land side. Who knows that we're in a series called Possessing Your Promised Land. I want you to possess your promised land. I need to possess my promised land. And they're not the same promised lands. This series is called Possessing Your Promised Land. And the Lord is saying, look, it's your turn. I I know that I can fulfill my side of this bargain, my side of this covenant. I will not break it. I cannot deny myself, the Bible says. It's time for you to cross that river And possess your promised land. It is time now. It's time. He's telling you, you have a part to play in this. It belongs to you. God says, I can't do your part. I can only do my part. 
I gave you a part, though. You need to do your part. It's it's your land. It belongs to you. And God's on one hand, he's saying, look, all my part. He's like, I got this. Don't sweat it. Don't think I'm not going to come through for you. I'll come through for you. But now what he's saying to us is, look, you have this promised land to possess. You got this. God is telling you, you got this. Don't even sweat it. You got this. Sometimes people are like, I don't got this. God's like, you got this. And remember, Jesus, when he was saying, when you're possessing your promised land, I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'll be with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. Amen. You got this. This is a good title. I hope you receive this in your heart and start saying that about yourself. I got this. Oh, I got this. Jesus is with me. How could I not? Got this. That's terrible English. All right. Go to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. Oh, we've been reading in Joshua lately and it's been blessing my heart. Anyone reading in the solid life reading plan with me? Oh, man. Is that good? And it just so happens that in this annual reading plan that doesn't doesn't really ever change drastically that the Lord sets this whole time with the 40 days of preparation and the revival and then this it's all now and we're also in these passages come on that's next level stuff that God is working on it's good Joshua 1 verse 1 says after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord said to Joshua the son of Nun Moses assistant Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this jo- it seems like, where's the funeral at? Where's the, you know, what's happening? It seems kind of callous, Lord. I mean, all right, Moses is dead. Now do this. Ah. They already mourned. It's fine. So the Lord is just acknowledging a reality. It's like you can't stay in that oldness forever. You can't stay in the mourning forever, in the grief forever. Yeah, Moses was great, mostly. <laughs> but he's dead now. What are you going to do? You like that, Katie? He's dead now. Elijah got taken up in the whirlwind. Elisha, what are you going to do now? You have to cross over. Joshua, you have to cross over. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. You and all this people, not trying to leave anyone out, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised To Moses, promise keeper from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you alone? Does anyone feel alone sometimes? Okay. Thank you for your honesty. We can feel alone. It doesn't mean that we are alone. And certainly when we're doing what the Lord has commanded us to do, he says you will actually never be alone. See, sometimes we're like, well, just just trust your heart. Do not trust your heart. It's full of wickedness. (laughs) Your heart lies to you. Okay, your heart is still being tutored by your spirit. But the spirit in a man, God, oh, he is so intimate, linked, enmeshed with you. He's never going to leave you. You be about his business. He's like, I'm right there with you, kid. You got this. Even if it feels hard. He's like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? <laughs> well, the Lord's like, I've, I've overflowed you. Are you. You're not complaining about the overflow now, are you? It's like sometimes we complain about the lack. He's like, you complain about the lack and the overflow? I can't win with these people, right? <laughs> he, he's saying, I'm going to overflow you. And so now let's get, what are we going to do with this? And he provides the way. And you seek him. He's like, aha, aha, I got it. I see what you're doing. Amen. All right. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, because of that, you got to arise and go over this Jordan and you got to take all these people with you, Joshua. Joshua, you're the new leader. You gotta, and you got to bring them just not over a river as a, as a party trick. No, there's a promised land across the river that I got to give to them. That's where their promised land is. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. That means like richness. Like for me, it'd be like a land flowing with chicken enchiladas and Mountain Dew. Oh, Lord, that's the promised land. Give it to me. Right. I want to I want to go to there. And uh, but he said, Moses is dead and Moses is not taking you anywhere. Right. You got to go and you got to take all these people with you. Don't leave anyone behind. So when I talk to you like this with passion in my heart, it's because I cannot stand the thought that I would somehow make it so. Oh, hey, it's Mother's Day. Just be so nice to the people and just let them know that ah, Jesus loves you. And he does. But it doesn't mean that you're going to get your promised land. Just because he loves you doesn't mean that you're going to get your promised land. Okay. No one's throwing promised lands at people. Yeah. All right. God's like, if you, then I. If you will, then I will. Uh-huh. Amen. You got to give them. You got to bring them to and give them the land which I'm giving to them. God says, I have it for them. I'm going to give it to them. The past is over. Say over. over. Now get up and do what I'm telling you to do, God says. He says, now arise, go over this Jordan. It's time to cross this Jordan. Push Push past every obstacle that's been holding you back. I think when I say that, you may know exactly what I'm talking about. You have obstacles that have been holding you back, and doggone it, you know what they are. Oh, yes. It's like, yeah, I've been, I know, I know. I don't want to do, I, don't, I haven't been wanting to deal with it, but I know it's there. Now's the time. Push past that. Cross over that. Break through that. Break that thing off of you. Whatever it is, the Lord wants to deliver you from that so you can get across the Jordan into the promised land. And, and he says to Joshua, you and all this people. God's just not trying to give Jen and me some promised land and be like, heck with all you guys. No. I'm preaching to us as much as I'm preaching to you. There are things that are holding us back. I was like, no, we got to stop all that. 
the fast continues or whatever. You know, it's like we've learned some things on this 40 day fast. We've learned some things about our, our bodies. We learned some things about our relationships. We've learned some things about our, huh, my soul. I was in the car with Jane the other day and, and my soul just popped its ugly head up. And I'm like, oh, that's like a, an un, unregenerate part of my soul right now. <laughs> we got to work on that. And so I offered it to the Lord because I saw it in me. I'm not perfect. I'm very close. <laughs> no, but I, I need the Lord's help. Do you understand? I say that. I say, obviously, I'm messing around, but people think, oh, well, Pastor's got this. Of course, he's got this. Jeff, Jeff can, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I have faith, but I still struggle just like everybody else. And so did Jesus. Jesus was a man, after all. And he was tempted in every way, just like we are. So he had to work through this, too. But he did it sinless. <laughs> I have work. I have, I have some obstacles to overcome, but God is helping me. I already feel like I'm better, by the way. With it, with that one thing, I feel like I'm already better. I'm on the right track. So hallelujah. Uh, I know you're sweating it. All right, so you, Joshua, and others in the family of God are coming up to this, this new glory, this new level. We're going to cross you over to the promised land. It's to the land that I am giving you. God is giving everyone a piece of his land now. Now, now. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. He's like, this is not even a new thing. I've been talking to this for years to Moses. I'm going to talk about 40 years I've been singing the same song, right? I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. Cause him to inherit it. I'm trying to cause you to inherit it. But you have to believe enough to go do something different than you do. Our mission statement here in our fellowship on our congregation is everyone builds solid lives. It used to be building solid lives. Just like, hey, you know, we'll come to the church and ah, Jeff will do it. Build solid life out of everybody. Well, we can help. But it's your job to do it, not just mine. It's our job to build solid lives. Everyone builds solid lives. If you're not a solid life builder, I don't know if you're in the kingdom. Can I just say it that way? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and do this and do this? And didn't we go to church pretty regularly? And didn't we tithe? And didn't we do this? And didn't we even cast out demons in your name? And it worked. He said, yeah, but I never knew you. Depart from me. Essentially, it's like, you got to go to hell. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you. I didn't have your heart. I didn't, I didn't have you. So let's not be too casual with this whole obeying the Lord thing. He said, you go make disciples. Go make disciples. Everyone builds solid lives. Everyone introduces people to Jesus and invites people into more and close relationship with him, into more obedience, into more faith. All of that. And it gets joyful later. Some, you know, sometimes you get joy at the beginning. Sometimes you get joy later. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But after the discipline, after you discipline your body, then comes all this fruit from it. You're like, I like this fruit. Yeah, but it was hard work getting here. No one's denying that it's hard work getting there. But you got to do it. If you don't do it, pff, I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you. But that's why I'm trying to give you this. God in this season has called us to get into groups and he's got a specific study that he's been putting on. You know, the Holy Spirit hops and pops around to different people and saying the same thing. Who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? 
Well, there's a few of us that are saying it all at the same time. And the Lord has just moved us. We're going to get into groups. We're going to study this thing called Jesus's church. Oh, what is a church that Jesus wants? Because we've been doing church kind of our way. <laughs> right? And, and Jesus is like, I tell you what, I have a way. How about we do it my way? All right, look at verse six. Be strong and of good courage. Only be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He said, I'll be with you. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. And only that. He repeats himself over and over and over because we need to hear it. If it was only the one time, we could ignore it. But he's like, no, I said it again. And I said it again. Be strong and courageous. Only, in fact, very courageous. It's going to take strength and courage and the presence of God for us to accomplish this. But he said, you have it all. You got this. That's the title. You got this. So what is your land? Does anyone, has anyone thought about this? Promised land. I am moving to the Middle East. I'll tell you that right now. You know, it's not some geography over there. There's something to it. In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Say, do good works. If anyone tells you it doesn't take any doing, they're lying to you. Look, salvation, yeah, he's given it to you as a gift. James says, I, I prove my faith by my works. Works just come out of me because I, because I actually have faith, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What did God prepare in advance for you to do? Good works. That's right. This Greek word is ergon. Ergon. How far in advance did God prepare these works for you? Hebrews 4.3 says, The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Ha! <laughs> when the earth was being set up, that's how far back God had your good works planned. Do you believe that? Yes. It's in the Bible. You should believe it. God prepared all of your personal good works back when he was like making the world. That's some foresight. And that's your land, those good works. Colossians 4.17 says, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Take heed to the ministry that you've received from the Lord, that you may fulfill it. You have to fill it. I've told you about this when my kids sometimes bring us, you know, cups to the table for dinner and they fill it up a little bit and they, they sit on the table like this is going to do it. It's not going to do it. Give me, you know, fill it up. God is saying, don't don't just pour a couple drops in here and say, I did a I did like, you know, a quarter of a work that one time. You know what I'm saying? He said, fill it. And it's a constancy. You have so much in you. And it, and it should become bursting forth from you when your faith rises to the level of believing that God is good. He's got works for you, good works for you to do and that he'll help you do them. And that is your promised land. Your land is your calling from God. And it includes many blessings, including provision. You're going to have enough. Amen. Proverbs 24, 27 says, Prepare your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field and afterward build your house. After that, build your house. I, this, is, this is prophetic in a way that I don't fully understand yet. But the Lord is speaking to some people in this house right now. 
He said, afterward, you build your house. You first take care of my work out there in the field. He said, get out of your house. Go out there. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and preach the gospel to all creatures. Go, 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 go. Like it's good that we come, but, but we kind of spring back into this and then we bungee out and then we spring back together. And we encourage one another, love on each other. And then we spring out again and then we come back. It's just like this nice bungee effect. We have this core, the center, this hub, and then boom, we're out. And we're not all out of the same place. We're all out in a whole circle. Everywhere that we need to go, as far as we need to go, we go. That's what God's saying. He said, make it fit for yourself in the field and afterward, build your house. A lot of people put more stock in building their own thing, getting themselves situated, and then maybe we'll get to the Lord's stuff. Maybe we'll get to God's stuff later. But first of all, let's just, rubber meets the road, let's just take care of mine. Let's figure this out. That's not what the Lord is saying. That's, that's an old way, and we've all lived there. We've all lived there. Now it's time to cross over into God's stuff first. Matthew 6, 33 says, But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what He wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. I like it. God's like, look, I tell you what, you build my house, I'll build your house. Deal? Come on. You do what I want and then I'll do what you want. God has said it. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what the Bible says. And He will have whatever He says. That's, that's the scripture. Ask what you desire. It shall be done for you. God is saying, you do what I want, and then I'll do what you want. Okay? We get the cart before the horse. Lord, you do what I want, and then we'll, and then we'll talk. Mm-mm. Look, being in church and even in discipleship, who knows that we have an intense discipleship process over here? It's intense. We don't make any bones about it, but it'll change your life. Being in church and even in this intense discipleship is not enough. You must do the works that God has created for you. That's your land. Who remembers Judas? (laughs) Where is this going? Who remembers Judas? Any remember Judas? I know the other shoe is about to drop. You're like, I thought you dropped like three, four shoes already. But I have to tell you the truth. If, if, like, if you want to sum all the promises and the goodness, like listen to last week's message. You know, this is a continuation of where we started, right? Yeah. The promised land and all these promises. All right. Look, Judas was in the best discipleship program in human history. Okay. He came to Jesus. Like that scripture on the wall says. He was mentored personally by Jesus. What? Couldn't have gotten any better. Even if Jen was discipling him, he got Jesus because <laughs> he's so good. Look, Judas listened to Jesus' teachings. He heard his sayings. Judas watched his miracles. Judas even healed people in Jesus' name and probably cast out demons too. He did the sayings of Jesus. He came to Jesus, heard his sayings, and did them. But in his heart, ooh, he didn't keep on. And something got in there. Ooh. 
Other things caught his attention uh, like money. Specifically with Judas, money. John 12, 3 through 6. It says, Mary took an expensive bottle of perfume. Mary had demons cast out of her. She was very thankful. She loved the Lord Jesus. She was so grateful for this. And now look at what she does in response to this. She took a very expensive bottle of perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet. She wiped them with her hair and the sweet smell of the perfume filled the house. There's that song, Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair. Mary is saying this is born out of love and thankfulness. I don't care how much this thing costs. It's all for Jesus. Uh, But a disciple named Judas Iscariot was there. He was the one who was going to betray Jesus. And he asked, why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 silver coins and the money given to the poor? Oh, look how sanctimonious this guy is right now. Makes me sick. Judas did not really care about the poor. He asked this because he carried the money bag and would sometimes steal from it. Okay, so we're under no delusions where Judas was in his heart. What God Judas was worshiping. You can't worship God and money. Mm, That's true. And Judas chose money. The very next chapter said, Jesus and his disciples were at the Last Supper. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, the thought of betraying Jesus. Did Judas come up with this? He was like, look, this thing's probably just keep on going. I keep on sticking my hand in the till. Take out what I want. But the devil put something even more nefarious in there. Why don't we just give up Jesus? These people who want to kill him. And then they'll kill him real good. That was the devil's plan. The devil put it in the heart of Judas. Can you see this? I know it's kind of dismaying. But the devil does things, doesn't he? He whispers to you. If Chris were in the house today, you might hear him say, oh, that lying devil. That lying devil. He says that a lot. Because he knows the devil whispers other plans, puts them into our hearts. You better focus on money. You better get ahead. Look out for number one. You don't have time for God's stuff. Look at your finances. They're in a mess right now. You, you need to go to work. You need to get a second job. You can't be on that praise team. You can't usher at that church. You can't work the cafe. You can't work tech. Nothing. You need to go work some more. You go get a second, third job because you are, you're a mess. You're not going to make it. Look at these inflated prices. You fill up your car with gas recently. Look at this. You're not going to make it. Your kids are going to starve. The devil starts talking to you like this. And people get sucked in by it because they don't know that God had said something else already. And that we don't have to have any of that. We can have all of this. I just, I imagine people are like, listen to this guy up here talking to me about what I got to do for the Lord. You know, looking at me like, how dare you, man? I don't got to do nothing. And, and like the super religious be like, yeah, but because Jesus loves me all day, all night, all the time. I'm going to get all the goodness of the Lord for nothing. Jesus did it all. Yeah, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Amen. I, you don't, don't you know I work hard every day? Don't you know how underpaid I am? Undervalued I am? They don't value me in my job. And here you are telling me I got to come to church and hear this too? That I got more work to do? 
I can just I could sense it that there's there may be someone hearing this message like, I can't believe this joker. What are you talking about? See, the devil will try to get you off message, get you looking at me, get you looking at something else and, and not hearing the voice of the Lord. It's like, no, I have all this for you, but you have to live in obedience because it's not just going to happen. If it would ju- look, where are we today? If it was going to happen, it would happen by now. Amen. And it hasn't happened. So what needs to happen? We need to happen to it. <laughs> we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Anyway, I like these movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We need to happen to this. The word changes us and then we are changed and we go out there and affect. We possess our promised lands. Amen. Some of you might say, yeah, but I, just, I work so hard. You know, I need to rest. Isn't it true? We say that sometimes. Here's the reality. God gave you a Sabbath. He gave you a day. Rest up. Don't do your regular work on that day. Don't do your regular work on that day. How much rest do we think we need? People are like, yeah, but I got to go to the river, though. I got to spend, you know, three, four days a week at the river because I need to rest because my job. You, you laugh because, you know, it's true, right? There's, people are like this. All right. You're like, I can go to some other church. Here's some other pastor tell me that God's just going to do it all for me. And in fact, it's already been done for me. So I don't have to do anything. And I can go about feeling great. Yeah, you could. And also continue to not possess your promised land. The devil causes us not to want to hear these things because he's trying to steal your promised land. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Jesus is like, I'm trying to give you a promised land. Devil's trying to steal it from you. The devil's trying to kill your passion and drive for the kingdom and for the king of kings. He's trying to destroy your destiny and your legacy. And what's being put into your kids? If it's not promised land, it's wilderness at best, at best. Who wants wilderness for their kids? It's the wild, wild west. Just good luck. You know, high noon's coming and someone's going to be gunning for you. Enough of that analogy. Mm -mm. What does the Bible say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first that kingdom Seek first that righteousness. And then all these things are going to be added to you. You don't have to go get them. They're going to be added to you. It's just going to happen. It will just happen. That's promised land living. And I don't know if any of us have have seen that constantly. We've seen pieces, glimpses, hints, right? It happens every once in a while. The Lord's saying, I got all, I got this on the regs. You can have this all the time if you want it. You got to cross over the Jordan though. God is saying, you got this. You got this. Seek first the kingdom. And my righteousness, I'll add all, you got all this. Don't sweat it. You work my stuff, I'll work your stuff. You do my word, I'll do your word. That's what God is saying. You do my word, I'll do your word. Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I'm telling you, this is the Bible. You remember what Jesus said when he prayed for his disciples in the upper room before he died? Sure you do. (laughs) John 17 verse 12 says, I have guarded them. He's giving an accounting to the Father. Jesus is accountable for how he preaches the message and what he's doing, just like I am. Let not many of you desire to be teachers because we're going to be held to a stricter account. Eh. That's for free. 
Jesus told the Father God, I have guarded them, these disciples, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. Judas had a whole thing going on. God knew it. But Jesus said, I didn't lose anybody. There was that one guy who was going to betray me. I knew it when I called him. Right? Did I, did I not call all of you and yet one of you is a devil? Jesus knew. Mm. Do you remember what Jesus said about Judas betraying him? How horrible it will be for that person who betrays the Son of Man. It would have been better for that person if he had not been born. How could that possibly be? I mean, if Judas went to heaven, it wouldn't have been better that he wasn't born. Judas did not go to heaven, I'm convinced. Judas went to the only other place. Oh, fire and brimstone, what? I can't ignore hell. Got to say it sometimes. Because there's only heaven and hell. And for us, if we will get after what God is saying and do those things, then we have only heaven. Praise the Lord. But for the world, they still got a choice. Choose life. The last point of business that Jesus' disciples had to deal with before the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost was the replacement of Judas to cover the works that Judas was supposed to do. These good works, Aragon, that, that were prepared for Judas before the foundation of the world, they still had to get done. If Judas wasn't going to do them, someone had to do them. So Judas, missing out on his promised land, someone else is going to get that. Matthias. Matthias gets there. In verse 17, it says, Judas was a member of our group, for he had been chosen to have a part in our work. No one's trying to <laughs> cancel culture. No one's trying to erase Judas from the histories. It's like he was here. He was meant to do this right, and he blew it. In verse 20, it says, King David's prediction of his betrayal of Jesus appears in the book of Psalms, where he says, let Judas's home, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. And again, let his work be given to someone else to do. This is the interesting thing, is that Judas's house, uh, think about your house. If you don't do your work, it's like, you ain't even gonna live in your house anymore. Let no one be in his house. You wanna lose your house? I'm not threatening you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a nice house you got there. It'd be a shame if anything I would know happened to it. I'm not threatening you. I'm just saying, when you look at this, you take it seriously as God means it. It's like, all of these things, what do you rely on? Government? <laughs> Good luck. Inflation? Currency? What, what, what are you relying on? That could all be gone in an instant. Changed in an instant. Go against you in an instant. You can be evicted from your house like that. Any number of things can happen. Instead of rebuking the devourer, it's like free reign. Because you don't have the Lord with you. That's why I'm, I'm cautioning you and I'm calling you up. Let his work be given to someone else to do. God had prepared works for Judas too. But he didn't do them. The devil put other plans in his heart and he got distracted. Say distracted. So now someone faithful is going to get promoted and become one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. May you not lose your calling. May you be the one that gets promoted. 
Amen. And Acts 1, 24 to 26 says, Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Yeesh. I thought these Christians were nice. That seems heavy. <laughs> he went where he belongs. Killed himself. Went to hell. That doesn't sound very nice. It sounds very Christian. Nevertheless, that's what's in the Bible. Then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Look, if you won't go to the promised land and do what God has called you to do, someone else will take your place. I declare over you, though, that you will go into the promised land and you will do the works that God has prepared for you and that you will fulfill your ministry, every one of you. So what is God saying to us today? Now, therefore, now, 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 therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land that I am giving to them. Be strong and of good courage. Only be strong and very courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Remember those three times. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Prepare your outside work. Your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field. And afterward, build your house. But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what He wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. So remember Elisha from the very beginning. What should we say now in response to what God is saying? I mean... Is the call clear? Is the call clear? Do we need to take a little bit of time and talk about it? I can, I can walk around. We can kick this around for a few minutes if you'd like. But is the call? do you hear what God is saying to you? Can we just do it anyway? What is he saying? What is he saying? Someone tell me what, you, what you're catching from this. Because otherwise, I'm going to feel like I did a good job. And I'm going to go home. Right? And I'm going to get about my good works. And it's like, well, I don't know. They got it. They probably got it. What is God calling for? What's he saying through this? I just want to say that God says to be the doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourself. Amen. Amen. Yep. Doers of the word. Doers of what word? His word. His word. Yeah, but specifically, what is it? Because there's a lot to that word, right? It's a big book. What do we do? His word says, go make disciples. Amen. That's, that's exactly right. Make disciples. What does that mean? How do we do that? Bill? How do we do that? We have to step out of our comfort zone and go do the work of the Lord. Yes. It may not be comfortable, but we got to do it anyway. It'll become comfortable. Amen? Someone, some, amen me. <laughs> it will become comfortable. The more you do something, the more you strengthen that muscle. It's like, I can lift this now. It was hard the first, but now I can do this. He brings us opportunities and we have to take them. He does bring us opportunities. And we should be seeking opportunities, asking him for the opportunities, shouldn't we? Lord, I, I want to do your word. I want to make a disciple. Show me. It's by living by the word too, because to make disciples, they have to see in you the change that the Word makes in your life. 
That's right. To follow. That's right. Or to want to follow. Exactly right. And it's not like we're gonna be perfect. No one's perfect. Jesus is the only one that's ever perfect. But we're trying. And we admit when we mess up and we repent and we ask forgiveness and we do better. We stop sinning that one, you know? Whatever the Lord teaches us, now we're that much better. That's what we should be becoming. No one expects anyone to be perfect. Just getting better. Just trying. Just seeking the Lord. Just a short testimony. Yesterday I was um went to get something to eat. I stopped and, and um saw a man in the parking lot sweeping up and the Lord said, Go speak to him. And I'm like, Oh, okay, Lord. And I was now it's kind of in a hurry. I said, Well, he looks busy. <laughs> and as I was pulling out, he goes, No, I want you to go talk to him. So I turned around, went back, got out of my truck, walked over and began to talk to him. And uh, I said, The Lord told me he wants me to bless you, and I talked to him and come to find out he was a Christian. And we end up praying together, and I went about my business. And I was like, man, the Lord just says, I just want you to do what I want you to do when I tell you to do it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's, the outcome is not on you. Your investment is on you. You invest, and the outcome is on God. All right? He'll move their heart, or, and they'll choose to choose, you know, accept or reject. The investment is on you. Each day, we have to choose. That's why he tells us to take up our cross daily. Mm -hmm. So every day, we have to choose to do what he's called us to do. Otherwise, we won't. That's right. And how many days end up going by and weeks going by and months going by and years going by that we end up not doing much of anything for the Lord, and then we miss it. And, And it's not just us missing our promised land. Who are we robbing of theirs? Just to go along with what Leo was saying is being bold. We have to have that boldness, that, that just like we said, the strength and the courage, but being bold and just knowing that it's not us anyway. Mm-hmm. If they reject, it's not us. That's right. Should you ever not be strong and very courageous? No. 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 Only be strong and very courageous. So earlier this week, I was talking with somebody who actually had some wisdom given to me. We have the living water inside of us. It's flowing through us. But we ourselves, you know, think of ourselves as a drinking fountain. Are we a clean drinking fountain with water coming out where people are going to want to come and drink from us to receive that living water? Or is our drinking fountain covered in rust and mold and nasty and disgusting? So even though we still have water flowing out of us, people are not going to want to drink from our fountain. Yeah. So we also need to be clean and present the Lord in what we do. But we have the water still flowing through us and flowing out of us. It's true. You're going to make what you are. You're going to replicate after the kind that you are. That's how it all works. And so if you're not that example, it's like, I wouldn't want to be that anyway. I'm trying to be like that. Like, let that not be our testimony. Because people like Jesus pretty much. Everyone's pretty cool with Jesus. They're like, yeah, but it's people. We got to do better. We got to become more like Jesus. That's the point. And that's what his followers became more like him. They, they, James and John went from being the sons of thunder. Let's kill him, Jesus. Disrespecting us. Let's kill him. To John now writing us. I love one another. Come on, guys. Just love. Jesus, we're all love. Yeah. That's change. That's transformation. Peter. Peter went through a whole bunch of that. And so much so, he's like, I can't even be crucified and killed the same way that Jesus was because that's how unworthy I am. Crucify me upside down. 
Just do something different because I'm not going to be in any way like I deserve what the Lord got. That, I don't even have the words. I do believe that the Spirit's moving through our, our responses today and in our hearts because a few years back, well, maybe only a couple, a while back, I was given a word that, and, and some of you have already told, that we were designed before the beginning of the world. And then we were held back. We were not released to do our ministries because we were designed in a certain way to be in a certain world, mm -hmm. to be that power, that strength, and that boldness at a time such as this to do his work. It's needed in this day to do that work. We need to acknowledge who we are, how we were designed, and our purpose, and begin to seek our ministry yeah. in who we know we are. So I believe that our hearts are being moved today with the spirit and common of, of that boldness yeah. and knowing who we are and what we were designed to do at a time such as this. Amen. It's very true. This is a Kairos moment. The Lord is intersecting time and opportunity and he's saying today is the day. If you don't harden your hearts like you did in the rebellion. I mean, the Bible is very clear about this. So in Second Kings 2, and we're talking about Elijah and Elisha, right? Elisha asked for it. He asked for something. Yeah, he did. He and then he it. was right. He he wanted it. He asked for something specific. And Elijah finally said, "Okay, fine. If you see it, yeah, right, then it's yours." Elisha saw it, and then he immediately received it. Knew that it was his. And it's like it's almost like, "All right, God." Show me yep. that you have, like, now mm -hmm. given me what I've asked for, yep. right? Immediately turns with Elijah's cloak, mantle, and strikes the Jordan, right? Like, as if, you've got to show me, God, I believe it, but it's now. Yeah. He didn't wait for anything, He right? He didn't, like, you know, sometimes we, like, want to throw another fleece out. Yeah. But we don't need fleeces now yeah because we have the holy spirit amen right but it's it's now yeah he didn't wait joshua didn't wait yep that's the word of the lord now, now arise now see it right now arise now go do it and and it's not something that's a far off right it's mm -hmm. it's it's like leo saying what's right there yeah what's right in front of you what where has God already placed us? And he says, look, like there are already people That's true. here. There's already a work to do, right? Because I prepared it before the foundation of the world. Yep. It's already done. If we're in the right place at the right time, like the Lord has said, it's turn around. There's the Jordan. Strike it. Yep. Now. Yep. And whatever obstacles in front of you, smack that thing with faith. It's like, I got to get over there, though. So I don't know what you're trying to do being right here. Boom. Move, because I'm going. I got to get to there. And here's the thing. I think a lot of times we'll take a moment like this. I'll be with you. A lot of times we'll take a moment like this and we'll say, yeah, but God doesn't move in my life like that. He does with other people. You know, oh, no, I mean, like you know, Bill gets, Leo gets, John will get, you know, people coming up to them and have an opportunity to talk to them or, or ministering to them or whatever. It's like, not me. That never happens to me. Well, why doesn't it happen to you, you think? Because you're not ready for it? You're not willing to do it? You're not, 
aware of it. Part of this is on me. Part of it is on us. Part of it is on preachers who have said, you don't have anything to do. And it's, it's the evangelists who are going to have all the opportunity to talk to some people that they don't know. <laughs> oh, if you're not an evangelist, don't worry about it because you're not going to be meant to do any of that anyway. That's not true. We have to open up our mouths and speak. If we're believers like this, like I take care of whatever kids are around me and I make sure they're all safe, even if they're not my kids. Why? Because it's important to take care of kids and make sure they're safe. It's in my heart to do. It's the right thing to do. So, yeah, just because we didn't birth them doesn't mean that they're not my responsibility. I'm going to look out for them no matter what. It's the same thing in the kingdom. If we say that we love God, but we hate Him, we lie, truth is not in us. And I don't hate anybody. Yeah, but do you let them just go to hell by not saying anything about Jesus? You see what I'm saying? What if we were meant to open our mouths more and just talk about how good God is? What if we're just supposed to bring him up? You know how songs just kind of leap out of me sometimes? Whether you like it or not. <laughs> That's what should happen. Because you're full of it. I'm full of music. Full of movies. I'm full of scripture now. So now that's coming out. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm being more and more filled with love all the time. So more of that's coming out. Thank God. Do you think that we're not supposed to talk about Jesus? What, well, you have to be some pastor? You have to be some evangelist? You have, to, you have to have a title? You have a title. You know what it is? Christian. <laughs> that's your title. You're like a little Jesus. Right? Little Christ, Christian. And called to do greater things, Brian. Yes. Then even Jesus. What do we do with this? Something. Go. Make a disciple. Well, one of the things God's been speaking to me is, one, don't rely on my feelings. Because they are not reliable. They change. You know, and I, I, went, I kind of struggled with that yesterday as I'm looking towards Mother's Day, and this is the first Mother's Day my mom's gone. Yeah. And uh, I didn't read my Bible, and I didn't get into the Word. So this morning, God came to me fresh and said, okay, now get in my Word, open my Word. You need to be in the Word, and yeah. you need to stay in the Word. You know, And when I do that, then God can use that to reach out to others. You know, And that's one thing that I'm loving about being in Linda's Bible study with the young ladies in the church, because... That way, when God's speaking to me, I need to share that. I need to give that to those younger women and support those younger women and bring them up and mentor them. Amen. And share with them what God's doing in my life so they can see, see, you can do it. Yes. And you can grow. And you, you got can this. give that to your kids, you know, and you can give that to, and I can give that to others. But when I when I'm relying on my own feelings and my own strength, I can't do it. Amen. Amen. That's true, Cindy. That's absolutely right. And we're not ageist around here. Be young, old, middle aged. <laughs> We have kids in the services with us and such. We're trying to disciple everybody. No one's left out. No one gets Holy Spirit Junior. If you want the Lord, you can have him. And here's the truth. You can have as much of him as you want. And you do. You already have as much of the Lord as you want. I'm calling us to want more. And to get more. Because he's got more. 
Let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. I mean, in a double portion of that spirit, I mean, it's probably light years beyond what my spirit, you know what I'm saying? Like what Elijah had, I don't even know. I can't even quantify it for myself, but I'm probably not close. I want like that level. We need to be wanting that level because it's easy to be like, you know what? I just wait two hours for church. You kidding me? What are you people doing? Fanatics. You know, okay. It's the least that we could do. We're just we're just opening the scripture, hearing what God has to say, and then hopefully obeying. Hopefully doing the word, not deceiving ourselves. It's a good word. Lord, wherever you lead me, I will follow. So why don't we make some commitments to the Lord right now? Can we do it? No matter what your career is, and we all have work to do, we can't just focus on our careers. But as believers, we must follow Jesus in our callings. Like my calling is to work eight hours a day and then come home. That's not all it is. Not if you call yourself a believer. Not if you're a follower of Christ. Your calling is more than that. It's more than that. It's spiritual, not just natural. It's eternal, not just financial and temporal. It's, it's, it's much bigger than we fool ourselves into thinking it is. Look, I got all this schoolwork. I have all this work work. I have all this relational work when I get home. It's not easy. I get all of that. The Lord gets all that. He said, I want to be with you. Though. I'm going to help you. I'm going to make it all better. <laughs> I'm going to make it all better. I'm going to increase your time, your effectiveness. I'm going to increase all of your supply and your resource. I'm going to increase your production. I'm going to increase the ease of which your work is accomplished. The ground is going to yield for you now and not fight you like when it was cursed back in the garden at the fall. All of these good things God is trying to do. He said, here on the west side, here in your promised land, here where you're speaking my word out to people and you're love showing love to them by introducing them to me, inviting them closer to me, investing in them, gathering specifically in little groups. It's great to come together and we should continue doing that, but in these little groups, it's been so great to have, we have a couple little groups going in our house right now and it's wonderful to have these times. Bill and I went to lunch, uh, we went to lunch yesterday we're just getting together in little groups and we talk about all kinds of things and we talk about the word and we talk about what God is saying. This is what God wants for all of us. Amen. You got this, but you have to know that you got this. Have I convinced you in any way today that God is saying, I will back you 100% when you do what I'm calling you to do. But if you want to stay stuck, if you want to stay stuck, then you can. But I implore you, don't want better for yourself, want better for your kids, want better for your community, want better for the world. You can have all of it. And God says, I'll make it happen. But you get about my business and then I'll work on your business. Let all the things be added because we're intentionally getting Jesus and the goodness of God out of our mouths, talking to other people about him. It's really that simple. It really is that simple. How, how do you make a disciple of someone? You have to be with them. 
Isn't that true? You have to have a connection to communication. And then what are you discipling them in? If it's fishing, then you do fishing stuff. And you go fishing. And then you fish. I eat. And you buy the tackle. You buy the bait. All that. You gotta clean that mess. If you're discipling someone in the kingdom, you gotta be with them. You gotta talk about kingdom stuff. And we have everything that we need for life and godliness right here. So kind of multifaceted. Your preparation is, are you in the word? Do you know any of what this says? You could always know more. But even the one thing that you know is enough to disciple someone to that place. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. If you know that, that's a good start. And then you keep coming around here and you keep getting these little groups and you keep discovering, doggone, Jesus is amazing. How did I not know he was this good? You keep coming to the word. You keep investing in the word and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> where have I been this whole time? He'll show you. Can we dim the lights, give the people some cover? I'm not trying to look at you. I'm not demanding anything of you. Jesus is not demanding anything of you. He is commanding that we do these things. There's a difference. Go do this. I won't force you, but go do this. It really, it's, a, it's a different thing. It, you see the heart of Jesus? Do it. I'm not going to force you to do it. I won't make, I won't control you because control is not love, but do it. So it really, it does fall to us every time. Are we going to obey the Lord or not? Are we going to make a disciple or not? Just start with the one. Start with the easiest one you can think of. Who wants to hear about Jesus? Start with them. Get, build the muscle, you know, get in the groove. Get it to where it feels natural coming out of your mouth. Let me tell you how good God is. Start with the easy one. Like, we're not trying to make this hard, but we are saying it's not nothing like we've heard in the past. It's something, and we must be about our Father's business. Gather with other believers. Talk about how good God is. And you find that out through the Word. It's simple. I don't think I can pare it down any better than that. But I don't think I can make it any easier than that. That's, that's not the easiest thing, right? Can we pray? I want everyone in this room to pray. Don't just let me pray, but let me be like a prompt for you to pray. Everyone online, you too, pray. Father, we don't come to a service. We don't come to your word. We don't come to any time of fellowship and not expect you to work. Not expect you to speak. We do expect it. You are speaking. You've called us to these things, not only in your timeless word, but even real time in these prophetic words that you're giving to us. 
and you're giving us real-time instructions. You're saying all of you together can discover how to be the church that I intend, to be people that I call family, and you live like it, and others are drawn in by the multitudes because of it. Not Hear me now, not into a church building, into the kingdom. God, we offer our hearts to you. We offer our mouths to you. We offer our hands to you, our lives to you, our schedules to you. Cause us to care about you more and enough to share your goodness with those all around me. And don't let me just wait for someone to walk up on me and ask about Jesus. But Lord, cause me to go to them. Even as in the book of Joshua, you you told him, go out among the people. Cause them to inherit their promised lands. Lord, give us success, every individual here. We'll make disciples and please you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.